Wish we like came in with a bang, you know, like a broom. Broom. Okay, this I think is gonna be good. This is the sound of a washing machine. Definitely a washing machine sound effect. <laughs> it was sort of um, a drum roll to cymbal clash. Uh. <laughs> but the cymbal clash was a minute and 30 seconds in. <laughs> well, I think we have the time. You've just got laundry on the brain. Because <laughs> you're doing laundry. Welcome to Sun Gay Mornings. It's a fun time with Hannah Fitz and Danny Jackson, who built their friendship at Christian youth camps and then became very, very gay. Ever wonder what hot gossip the old women at the back of church were whispering about? Listen weekly, get on your knees, and open your hymnals to fun, fun, fun. Subscribe and review us on your favorite podcast app. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sunday Mornings. And for the love of God, tell all of your friends about us. But it's like on my brain. But so we can go back to the drawing board. Our dog Goose, when he, he like, his head seems very wet to me. Like when he shakes his head, it makes this like really like, like, whiplashy, like gushy kind of dog mm-hmm. head slappy noise because his yeah. ears are flapping around and smacking into his jaw and like his jowls get really loose. <laughs> um, and I didn't realize that until we had a friend sleeping over it. Um, but she, like Goose does it first thing in the morning when he wakes up because he's got to like shake mm-hmm. out all of the like sleepies. Shake all of it. Um, and they were sleeping pretty, like in the living room where Goose also sleeps. And she was like, I woke up and I thought it was a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I didn't realize it, but he sounds exactly like a helicopter. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Really good. Yes. I feel, yeah, dogs do have like a gushy head noise when they do that. Mm-hmm. Really gross. <laughs> I haven't been drinking enough water today. My head's not gushing. Yeah. I have to add it back in. Um, Um, Hannah, how are you? Pretty mediocre to mediocre to bad, I would say. Uh Um, we've at work, we've still been just like working overtime, 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 and I've been sort of exhausted, sort of um, capitalism burnout, and Mm -hmm. so I took a half day on Wednesday, um. And when I took a half day, I was like, oh, I'm going to get so much done. It's going to be fantastic. And as soon as I got off, I was going to take a nap, took a nap. And I woke up and then I vomited for the next 14 hours. Oh, my God. Um, Don't know why. For breakfast that morning, I had had a bowl of strawberries with some granola and honey. So sort of a what gives moment. Um, And then... It's taken me a little longer than normal to recover. Um, I'm still, this is now two, three days later, and I'm like, um, and I think a side effect, and I don't, you know, like, sort of comment down below, 
Um, <laughs> this is true for you too. Um, but my body vomits really hard and like everyone's does this. I know, um, you can't control it, but my ear canals are in so much pain. Oh no. That's the only thing I can think it is, but oh uh, yeah, it's just sort of a wi- a wild wacky world in my body. That sounds awful. It was not a good week. Oh. And I got very little done, unfortunately, because of it. But say lobby. Are you you're like past the vomiting stage though? I'm past the vomiting stage. I am still eating primarily like um fake chicken noodle soup and Gatorade. Mm. Um, I had some crackers this morning. But I don't know. I was very sick in high school all the time. Um, I have had um, stomach migraines where basically my stomachs, my stomachs, all four, because I'm a a cow, um, produces like four times more um bile than it is necessary um so it like builds up and then creates the feeling of nausea and then i just like throw a bile um and i hadn't had it from basically when i started college until now but recently i'm sort of a little pukey guy and i'm hoping it's more like anxiety than this pain in the ass issue i have um but that's enough about my boring intestinal issues. How are um, you? Well, from from my tummy to yours, um, get better soon. Thank you so much. I'm feeling confident. I tried a new flavor of Gatorade today. Um, I had only ever had red prior to this day, and today I tried blue. Whoa. Wait, dark blue or light blue? Light. Did it change your life? Because light blue is the only Gatorade that I'll ever drink. It was really good. I, I like prefer over ice. red for sure. It's so much better. But red also is like classic, classic. like fruit punchy. Yes. Like powdery. Yeah. It tastes powdery even though it's not powdery. Well, um, yeah. And I was also today, um, my friend Zoe came over for like 20 minutes and I was like, can I get you some Gatorade over ice? Um, and I didn't realize how dumb it sounded until I <laughs> like heard it. Um but it's it's been a real treat for me as someone who drinks almost exclusively water. I'm really partying over here. I mean, I think Gatorade over ice is a really kind thing, especially um, when I first moved to Arizona at orientation for grad school. They told us a million times that we needed to drink Gatorade. Mm-hmm. It felt like the orientation was sponsored by Gatorade, but it was really just like one to two, three. What? <laughs> um, it was. <laughs> Really, like, one to three people who just were, like, so into Gatorade that they just kept showing up at different events and being like, please, for the love of God, drink Gatorade. You will die in this desert. Mm-hmm. We will be responsible because we didn't warn you. You need to get on that Gatorade game. Um, I also, because I did, it did scare me. I did drink a lot of Gatorade when I first got out here. Um, I expanded my range of Gatorade flavors and one that I tried again because in high school I used to rotate between the, like, light blue like uh, an orange and sometimes the red one just because that's what my sister would buy um but i also like added in like a white cherry to the mix 
Um, and I thought it was really good in high school. I tried it again as an adult. It's not good. Not good. It's like a cough drop. I'm really glad you brought up white cherry because they, and maybe it's because um, my friend Anna mentioned that Gatorade has sort of recently rebranded um, hmm. in subtle ways. Um, but I think they've changed some of the names of their colors. <laughs> um, and so they I have. I said that so aggressively. I was like, <laughs> I would have noticed. Okay. They re- <laughs> they rebranded. I'm sort of a frequent Gatorade drinker. <laughs> I follow one blog and it's the blog that blogs about Gatorade marketing tools. Yeah. Yeah. They have blue cherry. It didn't say anything. It didn't say anything. Oh. <laughs> I'm let that joke just my joke just slide into the ether unnoticed. Nobody noticed it. No, I really wanted you to sort of expand on them not saying anything like do you think that they had a falling out with Gatorade do you think that it's because they were left off of the PR list like I don't know if you know what's going on I'm so sorry I can't even hear you anymore (laughs) my joke is like it's I'm busy watching my joke drift off into the Arizona sunset um it also that joke didn't drink any Gatorade so it's already dried out and um shriveled and blown away but at the same time it keeps getting better and better (laughs) I don't know um, so blue cherry, for me, it's tough. And I, this will be really hypocritical because one of my favorite candy flavors is notably blue raspberry. Um, mm. but blue cherry doesn't exist. What is that? A blue cherry? What are you, what are you trying to do, Gatorade? <sighs> I've had enough. Well, what is a white cherry? Unripe? Well, white cherry does exist in the same way that blue blue raspberry exists. Raspberries have to be blue. Cherries have to be white. America. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, blue, no. blue raspberry is less far-fetched for me, and this is really a reach, and I know that. But there are blue berries in the berry world. But cherries are sort of a league of their own to me. Blue to me feels more electric and raspberries taste more electric, like they're mm-hmm. sharper. Um, but when like the flavor of a raspberry kind of is blue to me, but the flavor of a cherry, not blue. You're right. Yeah, it just, it doesn't, if synesthesia, maybe synesthesia does work for like taste. That would make sense. That would make a lot of sense. I've never researched that. Um, but raspberries could be in the blue family. To yep. me. Um, and you know what? I'm going to say you don't have to research it. I think you're right. Okay. Sick. Thank you. Save me. 30 seconds. Um, I was going to say something. Um, oh, um, off, off pod. I was sort of referring to... Um, Danny as like head of biology in the world Um, and so my next question is going to sound stupid but I really am hoping you know the answer Um, can you bottle the pheromones of an animal is pheromone something that can be excrete are pheromones something that can be excreted from an animal or is it just like a smell so Definitions time. Um, Super fun topic for a podcast. Mm -hmm. To my understanding, so like a hormone, the definition of a hormone just means 
any molecule in your body that starts in one cell and ends up in another. Um, so it's not like any specific thing, but it is like anything that like your cell like sends out into the world and then a different cell takes in. But a pheromone is something that like leaves the cell and then like leaves your body. So it's like excreted out into the world. Okay. So I think pheromones, probably some are and some are not. Okay. But I also could be wrong because I don't. Um... So I'm going to say that what I'm about to say is not entirely wrong, but could be wrong. Um... Wait, I missed part of that. I looked it up really quickly. Uh, thank you. It leaves your body and then it has to be received by an individual of the same species. So it has to like leave a cell from my body and then go into the cell of another human being or like affect the cell. Okay. Of another human. Okay. Okay. So I started to research it, but I kind of want to just like say it before, um, before I research it is, and, um, I'm sure most people know this, but blue raspberry is supposed to be a flavor that comes from, I believe like a specific scent gland in a beaver rectum. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I guess pheromones weren't super attached, but pheromone was on the top of my head as it was like gland, 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 sort of gland in the brain. Um, and, and now it's just uninteresting. But this says um, a beaver scent contains hundreds of compounds, especially honey, anise and raspberry. So. Cool. Vanilla and fruity flavors are popular. Interesting. In the anal secretions of a beaver. The, so something that I was thinking of is that like the definition of pheromones means that like breast milk counts as pheromones. So like because it's like leaving the body of one person and then entering the body of another, like a lot of the chemical, like any like flavor that a baby is getting from the breast mm -hmm. milk, any like scents or any of that, like. Those are all pheromones. So you could definitely bottle it because you can put breast milk in a bottle. Okay, yeah. Well, and in the world, I can't remember if I learned this in culinary school or just... I think it was culinary school because in my cold desserts class... Okay, we get it. You went to culinary yeah, school. Yeah, I need my culinary school dropout. So fantastic chef. Read it and weep. Um, You're like such a good chef that like... But, industry standards couldn't even keep up with you michelin star was like we're not good enough for you and i was like i know it's crazy <laughs> um <laughs> they actually keep calling me they're like hey we know that you talk to hannah once a week um we just we're having trouble getting hold of her we would appreciate if you would just pass the message that sure. the position is still open if she wants it the position is the head of um all michelin five-star restaurants maybe we should have michelin the on the rest on the restaurant on the podcast I mean, they would leap at the opportunity to have a conversation with you. Yeah, we should have them on the pod. Me though? They would be like, I mean, Hannah, you're fantastic, but like. No, I. We watched this nerd. We watched this nerd um, burn a bagel this morning in the, to in the toaster, so. I think I would really hit home that we're sort of a package yeah. deal. Yeah. So. Well, Michelin, if you're listening, which we know that you are because you're such a huge fan of Hannah's, um. See you next week. Thanks for coming on. Wait, speaking of, we should take this opportunity to ask everybody who's listening to please 
like, share, subscribe to this episode. <gasps> We're trying to build our following. If we hit 50, then we can start getting advertisements on this, which means that we could start making money. Um, so please help us out, especially I think leaving a comment on mm, the podcast page on like Spotify on. or Instagram. Um, a sweet little review about all. our sweet little voices. Mm-hmm. What what could you possibly say that's bad about our podcast? To be honest, even if you said bad things about our podcast, I think still, it still helps yeah, us out. No, in any oh. um, like interaction is helpful. So if you hate our podcast, please leave a comment down below. Mm-hmm. Share. We would. Probably even read your reviews next week on the podcast if you leave them this week. And honestly, if you leave a negative review, I'll send you something. (laughs) (laughs) I'll send you something. It won't be bad. But if you leave a negative review, um, you still have to rate five stars. It's actually required. Mm -hmm. Rate five stars, leave a negative review, and then I, I will really... Um, I recently had to go to Colorado to clean out my mom's storage unit. So I have so much random shit in my trunk, and I'll send you something <laughs> from my trunk. If you leave a negative review, you would have the opportunity to choose your favorite thing from Hannah's trunk. Mm-hmm. It could probably, most likely, be stickers nice. <laughs> from my childhood. That's really fun. Yeah. Those good, they're called like hippo stickamus or something. Stickopotamus, I think, is the brand. And they were like, oh. Such vibrant colors, so beautiful. <laughs> so, I'm really looking into the microphone at the people reviewing <laughs> our podcast. If you look at your microphone, you can see Hannah's eyes looking back at you right now. Mm-hmm. Sort of, microphones are the new crystal ball. Mm-hmm. Um, happy October. Happy October. Wait, Hannah, I saw your decorations on your wall on Instagram today. They're so cute. Thank you that so much. That skeleton thing that you have very cute and all the mirrors thank you i sort of i love it had the idea of a mirror wall and executed it so excited about that um and then i think i've i talked about this in the first pod of season three but there's a company called um beastly and they mm-hmm. just have like beautiful vintage halloween decorations at a low price point I want to buy all of them, but I also want us to have, like, different aesthetics. Well, the thing is, I only got some of them. There's a really good pack um, with a, a semi-inappropriate name. Um, it is called the Totem Pack. Um, mm. But there's this guy with crazy hair <laughs> in that pack. <laughs> <laughs> and a cool witch. And sort of a vampire with earrings. Hmm. That's a cool pack. Some sort of, cool. um, like a little witch and a little cat playing guitars. There's a, there's a lot of options. I could use a rebrand on the name, but... Um, I'll reach out to them. We'll have them on the pod. Actually, just suggest to them that they reach out to Gatorade, because it sounds like Gatorade is a pro at rebranding. Re- big rebranding, guys. I'm really curious about this Gatorade rebranding. Is it worth Googling? I know, I think it maybe, and this is maybe ancient, but I think it all started with... Um, sort of their like chewy like Gatorade cubes. Tired of drinking? Ew. Chew our Gatorade. Sort of that. Ew. Oh, I see what you mean. There's like the new like circle G, circle G. Anyway, we don't have to talk about. I don't know. Gatorade I don't. Friend. Unfortunately, as I said, I'm such a Gatorade novice that I'm not really sure what the original Gatorade compared to this looks like. 
Just Lightning Bolt is all I know. Speaking of rebrand, ASU is doing this thing because ASU is number one in innovation, mm -hmm. um, the number one university in the whole country at innovating, and they love wasting their money on innovative projects or innovative seeming projects. And one of the things that they're doing um, this year slash next year, they spent a whole lot of money um, teaming up with a bunch of people in Hollywood to create this 3D virtual room that you can go into and then like put these goggles on and then be surrounded by alien animals in a zoo. Whoa. And they are going to use this in their intro bio classes next year. It's called Dreamscape. That's so cool. Um, it's really wild. My Growing up, my stepsister worked at um, Ocean Journey in Denver. Mm -hmm. um, formerly Ocean Journey, currently Aquarium. Um, <laughs> I think by like the Ripley's, believe it or not, um, like company, and um, but she has always been very passionate about animals. She still works with animals and had this idea for um, a company called. <laughs> um, so it was really called something, and it the idea was like kind of like a Disney World safari ride, but virtual reality animals. Not alien. The alien oh. sort of levels it up, but yeah, Liz, if you're looking for some royalties, you should go after these people. <laughs> they stole it. They didn't. I'm sorry. This might be. <laughs> no, Liz, go after them. No, please go after them. My sickness made me um, bad. Crazy. Really good faces for, for our readers at home. Danny's making fantastic faces. Um, I'm pursing my lips and then slowly sticking my tongue through them. Like, um, like a hot dog that you're like slurping into your mouth, except the opposite. It's really fantastic. Um, but this dreamscape thing, I got a tour this week. <gasps> you got to go? I gotta go. Um, it's this room that they like, it, the whole thing is dark. It feels like you're about to go play laser tag. Ooh. There's like two undergraduate dudes just like there to guide you through it um they have you like walk into this room they're like leave your backpack over here and then you have to go put on these like hand sensors that are like like bright blue lights that you strap onto your hands and then you strap other ones onto your feet which when we were putting them on it was me and one other person and the like dudes who were like doing the instructions mm -hmm. the like laser tag staff they looked at the other person there and they were like your shoes are pretty chunky. Like, I don't know that they'll go over them. <laughs> what? <laughs> Your shoes are pretty chunky. They were like normal Pumas. They weren't <laughs> chunky. They were. <laughs> so, um, such a funny call out. Uh -huh. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but that dude was wearing like Vans, so I understand. Like, Those are certain more, are more streamlined, slim shoes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah aerodynamic um but so the two of us we put on these like glowing blue lights on our hands glowing blue lights on our feet then we had to put on the backpack and the backpack is like hanging up on the wall and i like tried to take it off the wall to put it on and they're like no leave it on the wall so i like had to shimmy into this backpack that's still attached to the wall and then after i was in it the dudes came over and unhooked me from a wall so for a moment the both of us were hooked onto the wall um but then 
Then there's like a headset that you put on, like goggles. And then like, there's like headphones that are like out, they're like perpendicular to your ears and you have to like slide them down. So they're like, they like snap onto your ears. Um, and then you like are fully immersed in this virtual reality space. Then you walk into the room and I think that the like laser tag hosts leave and then the whole room shifts into this like alien landscape. You're like in a little pod that's like sh shuffling and shuffling and shuffling and it like lifts you up into space and then you land in a spaceship and the spaceship is an alien zoo that's floating above the earth. And then you go around the alien zoo. It's narrated by David Attenborough, ASU for sure spent tuition dollars of students in Arizona trying to attend public university, hiring David Attenborough to do <laughs> the narration for this educational module. That's not educational at all. It just, it really feels like a ride that you're on. Um, well, they're alien anyway, you, animals. Alien animals, not even about, not like, we're not learning about the animals on earth. It was wild. And then you like move through the space there are a couple, it, like the whole thing feels like it's just an experience to like trip you out and like make it feel weird that you're in a virtual reality space. Yeah. There are some animals that are like these glowing lights that come near you and they're like, David Attenborough goes, try to swipe the lights with your hand or whatever his accent is. <laughs> and you like swipe them with your hand and whenever they swipe, they like explode into little fireworks, which is also not how life works on the planet Earth. Um... So it's not really that helpful for an intro bio student to learn that that's what you can do with bugs. Um, I'm fascinated. There's a moment where, keep in mind, I'm like in this virtual reality thing. There's a moment where these like big herbivore dinosaur looking things come over. Um, they called them like a giraffosaurus or something. Um, and it like sticks its head near you and they're like, go ahead, reach out and touch the giraffosaurus. And I reached out and I touched it and something was there and I... <laughs> I think it was like a foam thing or something. I don't really know. <laughs> Do you think that part of the staff's job is to like hold things in front of you at specific times? I hope so. I really hope so. <laughs> I have to I have to go in and experience that no virtual reality glasses. I just have There's to. another moment. <laughs> um there's another moment where there's this like bug i think that's like floating above you and it spits at you and in the room we get splashed with some kind of like water spray it's a thing the experience uh, <laughs> oh i have to write this down david attenborough was like david attenborough was like don't worry it's not poisonous it might just cause some extra hair growth <laughs> i'm really crushing this impression. oh my god well that you saying that, I mean, I've been thinking this whole time, and not that David Attenborough is not worth every penny, but um, someone in Arizona can do a spot-on accent. Yeah. Someone. Well, if they could, like, maybe I'm fooled. Maybe it wasn't. I never said David That's Attenborough. True. I think, actually, he did. He did say, yeah. I'm David Attenborough. <laughs> I'm David Attenborough. Um, okay, I'm writing this down as a sketch idea. <laughs> Virtual <laughs> reality <laughs> behind the scenes. It was so funny. That is so um, funny. And I was laughing, but like I couldn't see if anybody else was laughing at all because you can see the other people who are in it because they're like 
an avatar, but it doesn't capture their facial expressions. So their facial expression is just like a blank face and they're like looking at you and I'm looking at them. We can't hear each other either. So <laughs> like I'm cracking up and I just see like this other avatar staring at me blankly. Um, anyway, it's absolutely not useful for educational purposes. Like maybe at some point it could be slightly educational, but not in a way that's more useful than like watching 10 minutes of a documentary. That's incredible. Would you say that that's your happy of the week? Um, no, I have other, I have other happy. I'm sorry. Okay. No. Um, and I was kidding. <laughs> I was kidding. That's probably your crappy. Um, yeah. Wow. Um, well, if it ever They're like introducing it, what they're introducing it next week as our next semester for like all of the students taking general biology, which is like a thousand students per semester. It's going to be such a shit show. They're going to put all these students into this space for what? Like these students are going to be like, why am I in this? Yeah. Ride? <laughs> if it ever leaves sort of a university setting and comes to Chicago, um, sign me up. That's incredible. Um, if you come out, I could probably pretend that you're an undergraduate and get you in. I'm coming out in the winter when I'm so, so miserable here. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm going to see alien animals. Oh, At, oh I, the, I forgot the best part. At the end of it, after we like see all of these alien animals, David Attenborough, he's like, um, he's like near the end of it. So we have to like work together. We're given flashlights. I don't know what they are because they took them away before we took the things off. But they're like, pick up the flashlights that are on the ground. And we look down, there's like these flashlights on the ground. In the virtual space, you reach down and there is like a stick thing there. So I'm like holding this flashlight. And in the virtual space, it's like a pretty good flashlight. It actually like lights things up. Um, so we have to use these flashlights to scare away this introduced animal that um, is like a huge demon little monster thing that hides in the dark. And it's very scared of light. So like, they're like, David Attenborough was like, you have to work together, shine your flashlights in his eyes. And then we're like shining our flashlights in its eyes. It's coming after us. It's smashing our little pod. And then eventually it like runs away. And David Attenborough goes, after or through all of the research that I've done on the human species, never could I have dreamed that humans could work together that well. Oh no, <laughs> David. Which really got me because like, what do we have to do? We didn't have to work together. We just had to individually shine our lights on a thing. Also, um, what, but then it like, what does David Attenborough feel? I mean, I'm sure it was a script. Um, yeah. Or David Attenborough has no faith in humanity, which honestly, at this point in time, fair. But <laughs> that's so funny. It also begs the question, what... What alien is David Attenborough supposed to be in this reality? Mm. Oh. oh, but then, so after that moment, the pod goes to see the last animal on exhibit, and he's like, I'm not going to tell you what this animal is, but this animal has um, been, it like currently exists on its own home planet, but for how long? We'll we, we aren't quite sure. It could be destroying its entire planet as we speak. It's a very selfish and rude animal, and... Um, 
doomed probably and then we like land in front of a suburban house um and we're just like sitting there in front of the suburban house and then he's like you can probably guess what animal this is and then we like fly away from the suburban house which i think saved the world oh my goodness yeah that's incredible isn't that chaotic? Is Who it, wrote that? I yeah. Well, and how do I get that job to write a script yeah. for David Attenborough <laughs> for this obscure virtual reality event? <laughs> to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if there wasn't a writer and if they were like, "Okay, David, here's the general concept. Could you just improv for twenty uh, minutes and then we'll design?" <laughs> okay. Well, where do I sign up to be David Attenborough's <laughs> improv coach? I am qualified. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic actually right here you can sign up here i have the document thank you so much uh, as a staff member who's probably eventually going to have to lead undergraduates through i hope do you think you'll ever be able to be the person who puts sort of the stick down where the flashlight belongs oh i hope so <laughs> i'm gonna request that i become a ta for that class next semester yeah yeah it's the worst class to teach because it's gen bio and they're all like freshmen and you have like no support from anybody to like manage this whole class of freshmen. Mm. But so it seems for like the experience though. of leading them, leading them through an alien zoo, I would, I would put up with it. Yeah. Wow. I can't imagine my former college ever offering it. Uh, well, okay. As it was coming out of my mouth, they would offer some insanely obscure thing that had nothing to do with our actual major like that. And they'll be like, it costs us $8 million, please. I'm confident this was like $25 million. Mm -hmm. It feels like it was so expensive. Mm -hmm. Incredible. Is there like, probably not, but is there like an Instagram about it I could follow? <laughs> I just need a taste. Um, there, I actually, I will absolutely send you footage of the president talking about it the president of asu because he talks about it in a way that makes it make no sense at all he's just like it's it feels like you're watching somebody whose favorite word is um like one of those abstract concepts like synergy um it feels like you're watching that person try to describe what they did that day and what they did that day is complete nonsense it's it's so fun Whoa. You know that it's like from the video, you can tell that Michael Crow, the president of ASU, doesn't know what Dreamscape is. And also that everybody who signed any contract for ASU with Dreamscape also didn't know what it was. And they're just like, yeah, we'll just just talk. Wow. Just talk. That's fantastic. That's, that's great. Um, if there are any updates like it being introduced into like mandatory curriculum, let me know. Oh, it's mandatory oh, it for mandatory. all bio students okay. next semester. Uh. Well, hopefully, um, you know, people who are studying history will have that um, be mandatory as well. Wait, is it is it worth it for me to just play it out loud a little bit? Go for it. Exciting day, Dreamscape Immersive, a group of fantastic intellects and creators and artists and uh, dreamers and storytellers from Hollywood and Arizona State University, the nation's most innovative university, are coming together 
to launch a new thing called Dreamscape Learn. Dreamscape Learn basically is this. Uh, we're going to take education into the 21st century. Uh, we're going to create uh, environments in which you become a completely immersive learner inside a completely virtual reality uh, learning space, uh, like the one uh, that you see in the slide, uh, wherein you as a student become the actual uh, scientist. You're, I just circled you inside the scientific pod. What, what you can't see is, he says, you as the student become the actual scientist. He takes out a little pen and he circles something. What's he circling? I don't know. Um, it's, it's fantastic. Um, he also, to my um, computer screen, full disclosure, is a little old and like, yeah. um, but he looks identical to John Hickenlooper <laughs> to me. Um, <laughs> no, he does. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm Googling it. There's probably like, like a quadruplets that are running the majority of our country that all look like John Hickenlooper and Michael Crow. Yeah. Yeah. Octuplet. I think I meant octuplet. I feel like there's at least eight different ones. Um, Dreamscape Immersive. I wouldn't have the props, but I wonder if I could. I sort of got virtual reality goggles for my birthday. <laughs> um, Ooh. And I wonder if I could find it. I'm allowed to watch the speech that you were showing me aloud. Um, there's a, an option in the corner that says watch in virtual reality. So maybe I should do that and then come back, <laughs> sort of review it. Um, if you have the opportunity to reach out and touch Michael Crow's face in that virtual reality space, um, that would be really cool. Because I guess the other option is like, maybe there aren't real things that I'm reaching out and touching. Mm -hmm. It's like the headset somehow is like implanting the feeling of having touched something in my head. Yeah, I, it's weird. I definitely, so I do, um, because virtual reality, aside from the goggles, is still like very expensive. It's so not accessible. Um, mm -hmm. So I have been doing like yoga and movement through this app called oh, Supernatural, cool. where you like, um, it's one of the, like, I've, I've seen it on TikTok where you sort of like slash balloons to music or do like stretches, that sort of thing. That's been so cool. The footage is so beautiful. Um, you're just like, in nature most of the time mm. um and then when i sort of went a little more off the beaten path i was watching these horrible low quality videos of people like bringing their virtual reality camera to the eiffel tower and they're like here look around and you feel no. like you're in the palm <laughs> of their little hand um and while it was like such horrible quality that it was unbelievable i also had no sense of my surroundings um, I like felt like the floor was going to drop out from under me at any time. Yeah. Really horrifying. Um, so I, I bet, I mean, I believe the water, you know, sort of makes me feel like it was real, but maybe you just yeah. have ASU's number one imagination. And that's the sweetest reward of all. I mean, I hope that they actually turn it into a really cool learning thing because, like, it, it could be really cool. Like, if I was going out on a research trip mm -hmm. to, like, Antarctica, I could bring a 3D, like, filming thing and take undergraduates to mm -hmm. Antarctica to, like, visit with scientists there and, like, explore the field station and, like, all that kind of stuff. And that would be, like, that would actually be cool. Mm -hmm. But why are they learning about aliens mm -hmm. when they don't know anything about the real world? These are 19-year-old kids. 
teach them about giraffes. Come on. But aren't aliens just as real as the world around us? No. Okay. Yes. Okay. But these aliens, no. Is David Attenborough an alien? <gasps> That's just as real as the world around us. In my um, most recent, like, existential sort of um, introspective period of my life, I really feel like musicians are aliens. Um, and so why not David Attenborough as well? Yeah. But to me, like, singers and performers are all aliens to me. The idea of being able to hear a song and then play it on an instrument? Yeah. Nonsense. The idea of people being able to pick up an instrument and sort of just, like, learn, (laughs) teach themselves how to play it. Adrian Linker, especially, I'm always like, (laughs) you're not real. That's nuts. Well, yeah. Okay, well, that's incredible. Um very similar weeks for us (laughs) fantastic um what's on our little list happies and crappies you want to sort of talk about a hymn of a week yeah um you want to go first for your happies and crappies sure um (laughs) My crappy is for sure being sick. Yeah. Um, my happy. Um, I, I just spent a little more time at home this week than I had been. Uh, I was. Oh, no, I take it back. That's also happy. I sort of just like got to reorganize and do some cleaning. I cleaned my little fish tank and got him some fresh moss balls. That was sort of nice. But my um, my sweet friend Carissa, her boyfriend, opened um, sort of like an online pierogi shop during the pandemic. It was originally just to like keep them busy um, mm-hmm. and make a little extra cash on the side. Um, but they just started serving um, as like permanent guests at this arcade bar. Wow. Um, so we went to the opening okay. and it was I hadn't seen Carissa in like maybe a full year and the pierogies were incredible. And if you're in Chicago, check out the bare naked pole at mission control. Um, or I think they may still be delivering even so delicious pierogies made by a Polish family. So, you know, you're getting the good shit. I'm so jealous. I wish I was in Chicago right now so I could go. Well, the next time you're here, I'll trade you VR for pierogies and we'll, Perfect. Yes. Um, yeah, those are my happies and crappies. What about you? Um, my happy. So I'm part of a student organization and we applied for funding from like grad student government to get um, food at our monthly events because we're like trying to build membership, which is impossible mm-hmm. because pandemic and also grad students are overworked generally. But um, yeah, so we got funding to like have food at all of our events this month our food was einstein brothers bagels and pastries mm-hmm. and we have funding for probably like a showing of 30 to 50 people to like snack on bagels and stuff we had like seven people show up so we had leftover bagels and pastries 
for like 20 people. No, like, yeah, 20 to like 30 people extra. Um, and we all got to take them home and everybody else bikes. So um, they like took as much as they could fit in their backpacks. And then I took like home a whole oh. box of bagels and pastries. Yes. Um, it took me very little time to eat my way through most mm-hmm. of it. I still have a few bagels left. Ate through all of the pastries. Um, ate like two croissants with a like raspberry and cream filling, like, like raspberry and custard filling. I ate through like two of them back to back so quickly yesterday and then felt so sick. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got past it pretty quickly. And then I ate another muffin. So that's my happy. It was a really good thing. Yeah, incredible. What was your favorite pastry? I think that they're all kind of on the same level. I think that the bagels are really good um, for bagels that I can have at home. Because, yeah. Also, in Arizona, there just kind of aren't good bagels. Mm. Unless I haven't found them yet. Um, If you know of a good bagel shop in Phoenix area, please let me know. There's like one place that we've been that was like pretty good, but not like great. Um, so that was like really good. The pastries, I felt like all of them were not as good as anything that Will has made, mm-hmm. which was um, a tough comparison. But I, I guess my favorite was those like croissanty custard and jelly filled things. Um, I ate a muffin this morning for breakfast. It was pretty good. Mm. I love them. But their muffins, I really couldn't tell the difference between those muffins and a muffin that you would get in like a bulk pack at Kroger, which to me is like the baseline of a muffin. Mm-hmm. It's good. I would never say no to that muffin. <sighs> yeah. I, would I go out of my way to write a review for a positive review for that muffin on its podcast Spotify um, page? Yes, absolutely, because mm-hmm. um, that's the right thing to do for any podcast. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Sort of pay it forward. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've lost my mind. What's your little crappy? <laughs> oh, my crappy is related because <laughs> last month um, we had it catered by the university foods thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they. We decided to do like a taco and nacho bar and it was for like our launching, like opening thing. So we like put more money into this one. We got like a whole bunch of food, we had like chicken tacos and then some people are vegans. So we we're like, we need a bunch of beans because that's the only option. And they had two options. There was like beans, which were not vegan. And then the nacho bar beans, which were vegan. So we were like specifically, we would like a lot of the nacho bar beans. Um, I don't think I've told this story on the podcast yet, um, but if I have, skip ahead 30 seconds. Um, But anyway, that meeting pretty well attended, but it also was hybrid, so a lot of the attendance was virtual, and not that many people ate. Also, pandemic-y issues, Mm -hmm. like not everybody's comfortable eating in a room with other people. And those that did eat mostly ate chicken. So we ended up with this like two and a half foot long by like, one to one and a half foot wide um, tin of beans that were probably like three inches deep. Um, that was untouched. Nobody else ate it. It was just sitting there. And we also had like a bunch of like chicken and rice and like sour cream and all these, like everything else that you can imagine. 
there was only one other person who like stayed to help clean up and he was like i'm on a bike so i can take like some of this i can take like a small little handful of these beans but the rest is <laughs> it's you dude um, and I take the light rail, so it's not like that easy to get mm-hmm. home with it, but it is more possible than a bike. So I ended up with this huge tin of beans and then a second tin of chicken and rice and then a bunch of sour cream and salsa and then a thing like a huge bowl full of um, jalapenos. And I like carried it toward the light rail. I made it less than half a block before I was like sweating and shaking. So then I went to the graduate student room <laughs> and carried it into the grad student room, put the beans in the fridge. Cause I was like, nobody's going to mess with these mm-hmm. beans. I can leave these here safely. Or if they did more power mm-hmm. to them. Um, and then I took the rest of it home next day. It was not easy to get the rest of it home either, but the next day I was like, okay, it's me and these beans. I gotta get these home. <laughs> took the light rail. Um, it's like a 15 minute walk from the grad student resource room to the light rail. And I have this huge thing of beans. It's Arizona, so it's like 98 degrees minimum outside and sunny. Walking down the street with this huge heavy thing of beans, sweating, taking a break whenever I can. It probably took me 45 minutes to get to the light rail because I had to keep like stopping and like waiting for the feeling to come back into my biceps. Because it's like a heavy thing of beans. <laughs> um, I was like drenched in sweat and then I got to the light rail and <laughs> um, somebody came over to me and he was like, you could tell he was looking kind of optimistic. He was like, what do you got there? <laughs> like anything good? And I like <laughs> looked at him and I was like, no man, it's just beans. <laughs> um, and I opened it a little bit, like just a crack to let him know that it was just beans. Cause he looked a little bit, a little bit skeptical. Um, but yeah, then I like got on the light rail, expecting to be able to like sit down. No seats available. Oh, Had to no. stand the whole light rail <laughs> without falling with my huge thing of beans. Um, about halfway there, I realized that the beans have started to leak, and then I'm standing there with this leaky crate of beans that's like dripping down my shirt, <laughs> and like a tiny little pile of beans at my feet. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just like really picturing being a bystander, like <laughs> observing with my mask, sort of just like, all right, you know that, guy. You know that, you know that they like had to have known it was beans because even though you can't see in it, one, it's leaking beans. Two, it definitely smelled up the whole cart to the whole like light rail to smell like beans. Um... Yeah, my grandma, when I told her the story, she made the joke that, like, <laughs> like there's definitely, she was like, there's probably people who, like, come and take tickets, right? Like, what if one of them slipped in the beans? <laughs> Which I thought was a funny joke for my grandma. Oh, grandma, um, score. Yeah. Um, anyway, I did get the beans home safely. Um, I did leave a couple little piles of beans in the, like, lobby of my apartment complex, um, in the elevator a little bit. I thought really hard about going back to clean them up but then i had to like shower and get the beans off of me first and by the time i got through that i was like there's no way i'm going back for any of those beans um i split it up into four different gallon bags of beans i used one of those gallon bags of beans to make 30 burritos 
Um, okay. So three gallon. <laughs> just every time we're like about to record and we're both snacking, you're sort of uh-huh. burritoing and it's all coming together. I yep. I ate a burrito right before this. Um, I ate a burrito yesterday. I ate two burritos the day before that. That's my, that's my crappy. Is that it's been a month and my stomach is so upset with the amount of beans. Like my tummy's a little bit rough from the like I'm saving money. I shouldn't complain. This is like a blessing. Um, <laughs> All beans are. But is it a curse? Yeah. Um, How many burritos do you have left? I think I have three from this round. But remember, I still have, I started with four bags. Mm -hmm. This was one bag that created 30 burritos. Um, The other, I gave away one of the bags to a friend. So we're down to two more bags. So 60 burritos. Um, it sounds like you need to have an enchilada dinner party. It sounds like you need to have a refried bean taco party. The thing is that they're not that good of beans. Mm. Could you make them better? So, no, not at this point, mm-hmm. I don't think. Yeah, matter of respect. Had to ask. Yeah. Had to ask. Like, I'm happy to eat them. I'm not happy to eat them. But, like, I wouldn't feel comfortable serving them to other people as if they were beans that I made. Mm-hmm. They're, like, they're like a watery version of Taco Bell beans. That is a crappy. Yep. Sorry, Charlie. Everybody else was like, we should just throw away these beans. <laughs> but can you imagine throwing away no. all those beans? No. Lily, if Lily had anything to do with it, she would sit there with a fork until every last bean was gone. Oh my god, she would have turned into just one big bean. She's just like, her family, I mean, mostly her and her dad, but they're like, I will not let this food go to waste. It's the last thing I will do. And I really respect it, but sometimes, yeah, you just gotta, Yeah. it would be horrible. It'd be horrible. I mostly feel the same way, but there are a few things that I let slide because, like, how do you purchase spinach and not, like, accept the fact that some of it's going to be wilty and gross? Yeah, you have to either saute all of it immediately or eat salads mm-hmm. for all meals until it's gone. Mm-hmm. And quickly, too, because it might last you a week or it could be wilty and gross hours. within four hours. Four is better. Four is better. <laughs> <laughs> Is, is true. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm really in my head today. I'm really hearing everything I'm saying. It's hard. Um, yeah. Four is better. Um, hey there. What's your little hymn of the week over there? Um, this is an old song. But it is a good song. Um, it's called Demons by Kim Petras. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it's spelled like demons with the two like triangle brackets on either side. Um, and it's great. It's like a dancey little number that goes like demons. I think I've brought it up on the pod before, I'm sure. Um, 
but that's all the, the only lyric in the mm. song is the word demons and the rest of it is just like a clubby beat that's fun it's great yeah um she used to put out she's put out like two halloween dance music albums and she didn't put one out this year or last year which is um a bummer i was really hoping for one this year i'm sorry but kim doesn't want us to dance again <clears throat> so kim Also, her last name is Petrus, which is also the name of a cool Pokemon. What kind of Pokemon? I think it is um, like a little crab. Oh. I wonder if Kim Petrus is a cancer. <laughs> Petrus. Kim Petrus. Horoscope. Virgo. Mm. Sorry. She was born on August 27th. Oh, she's like... Is that a Virgo? Yeah. Near, nearly a cusp, but it's that lovely Virgo. Well, there goes that theory. Maybe she's like a rising. Like a cancer rising. I'm just trying to find a relationship and I don't need to. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm sure somebody in the Petrus family... No, she's not the only Petrus. That's true. There and there, yeah. Maybe um, she she's German. It said this said um. So maybe Petrus is like a common German name, and maybe most of Germany are cancers. One of the genres of music on her Wikipedia page is bubblegum music. Mm, like you heard of that bubblegum? Um, bubblegum pop is like what my dad and grandparents would make fun of me for listening to when I was, like, 12. Interesting. But I don't... I I guess I haven't heard music referred to as bubblegum alone or recently. I think it... I think it is, like, it's one and the same. Yeah. I think it's bubblegum bubble dance, bubblegum pop. Hmm. Anyway, that's my hymn of the week. Um, very anti-hymn, I think, because it's about demons. Mm. But also very um, pro-hymn, because it's just about like getting together and dancing. Um, yeah. Despite the demons. That's lovely. Demons. Demons. Yeah, it's a great song. What's your hymn of the week? Um, I'm really trying to decide. This week has not been very full of music for me. Um, but I would say, um, In a Good Way by Faye Webster has been my most listened to this week. I've been really, I've been like sort of in my feelings for, for really no reason. And that song has been coaching me through it. I don't know that song. You should. Listen to it. You should listen to Alfie Webster. Yeah. She's sort of she like. She put out an. Oh, we should make a playlist. We should make a playlist of, of all of our hymns. Danny! <laughs> that's so cute. Let's make a playlist. Okay. <laughs> that's so cute. Mm. <laughs> um. <laughs> Mom, do we do anything else? <laughs> I'm just like really afraid of missing something. 
Um, we do a prayer and we do communion. <laughs> communion. What's your communion? Not beans. Um, my communion right now is these little like dark chocolate chips. Mm. Um, great snack. I've also been eating popcorn, like homemade popcorn on the stove. Um, done up vegan style with like olive oil, um, 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 garlic powder, onion powder, nutritional yeast, mm-hmm. and cayenne pepper, um, and salt, obviously. Um, really good, really cheesy, really tasty. But you always need like chocolate mm-hmm. in the mix too, I feel. Like, have a good popcorn experience. So these chocolate chips are the communion at the moment. Yeah. Um, that's for the food or for the bread. For the, um, yeah. the body. The body. Um, I think that my wine this week is actually just going to be like water because I've been nice. feeling super dehydrated. And I feel like I've been drinking water all the time, but my pee is still like a dark yellow. That's how I've been feeling too the past like couple weeks. Sucks. It's like. I drink, I have one of those big boy hydro flasks and I drink like at least two a day. Oh, well. And sometimes I'm like, it's only been recent and I think it's clearing up again. So maybe I was just eating like junk. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you've been doing it right. I feel like I'm drinking water all day and then I remember that I have only been drinking out of one water bottle and mm. I only drank half of it and it's a 24 ounce. Mm. And that I didn't actually drink water all day the way that I thought that I did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, checks out. Makes sense. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What's your communion? Um, well, my blood um is definitely blue Gatorade, light blue Gatorade. Nice. Um and I haven't eaten like real food since Wednesday. And if I could have one thing right now, it would be like a hot Oh, actually, there's this um there's this place on Clark and Foster in Chicago. I think it's just called Middle Eastern Bakery. Um, and they, my friend Anna said she had a sh- shawarmaffle sandwich there. And it's like cauliflower shawarma with falafel. Um, oh, and I, yeah, I would just, I mean, I would kill for like Mediterranean food in general, but like falafel mm-hmm. with really good tzatziki and hummus. Sounds good. It sounds so good. Oh, I would die. Maybe I have to stop over there after work. I pictured when you said shawarma I pictured shawarma and waffles, and I'm glad that it's shawarma and falafel. That's, I had the, the identical waffles, reaction when Anna told me. I went, mm. are they doing chicken and waffles, <laughs> but with chicken shawarma? Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, thank God. Thank yeah. God. I mean, I still would have tried it. Yeah, I'll drink anything once. I'll drink <laughs> anything once. The last thing we have is who would we like to say a prayer for? Uh, do, you, do you have anyone in mind? You do? I have one. Hit it. Hit mm-hmm. it. Um... I don't know why this like narrative of hers has like entered my consciousness mm-hmm. from multiple different angles, but I recently become aware that Megan Trainer lives with both of her brothers and her boyfriend, and that she and her boyfriend um, 
originally had a bathroom with one toilet, but then decided that that wasn't good enough for them, so they wanted two toilets in there so that they could both use it at the same time. So they had another toilet installed in the same thing, which I, I'm torn between like lots of admiration because I do think that that would be helpful in certain circumstances. Like it's silly that. But then you have to like walk to the other one. Two bathrooms. Then you have to walk two, to the other one. Two different bathrooms. <laughs> Grocery store across just the street and bathroom. What if you just both have to pee? Okay, like for me, no. <laughs> but like follow your bliss, and and that you know, to each their own. I had a roommate. Do you, are you saying like no solidly or like no? But you would like to arrive at a place. No, no solid. Where? <laughs> like, okay. Oh, God. It's, it's just like the circumstances in which you would have to be like, we have to pee at the same time. We're going to go right now. Same bathroom. Let's hit it. Instead of like, you go first. Because it's not about... Number twos are a little different. Like, I would say, like, a hard no, door closed, one toilet at a time rule. I don't really care whether or not I see someone else pee. I pee with my yeah. door open in front of my friends constantly, almost exclusively. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's just a sort of, and I'm sort of realizing that I'm internally kink-shaming. It's um, <laughs> just, like, if it's something that you enjoy... I'm happy for you. Well, <laughs> I think it's different if it's a kink versus if it's just a thing that you're doing. Sure, yeah. Because if it's a kink, I'm more on board. Okay, yeah. But if it's not a kink, then I'm kind of like... I guess I feel the same way. I just like can't imagine the circumstances that would lead up to that moment and that requirement. I want to know more about the layout of the bathroom because I learned about this through an article on The Cut. Um, and I didn't read the article. Mm-hmm. I just saw the headline and the Instagram mm-hmm. caption. Um, but I, she also was on Nicole Byer's podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Why won't you date me? Mm-hmm. With her brother, because they, I guess, Megan Trainer also started a podcast um, competition. Megan, be on our pod. <laughs> they um, will be on your competition. Yeah, we'll be on your pod for if you come on our pod. And oh, explain you to were us saying what competition. I thought you were Twitter. saying Megan Trainer started a podcast competition. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, let's fucking um, go. Um, but yeah. I would love to be on a competition podcast show. <laughs> the first of its kind. Win. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know more about the layout, though. Like, are yeah. the toilets facing each other? Are they next to each other? Do you hold hands while you poop? Do you both share the same toilet paper roll? Are there separate toilet paper rolls? If they're facing each other, can you both put your feet up in the air and then press like the palms of your feet together and like do like a little like wide, wide hipped little, little thing with your feet pressing against each other while you poop? She had a baby? Uh huh. <gasps> and, and. No, her relationship is so far out of the realm of things that I understand because she like started dating this guy and then pretty immediately got married to him and then also pretty immediately had a baby together. And and he's the kid from St- from Spy Kids. I always remember this. Yes. A little yes. like too late. Yes. 
The kid from Spy Kids and Megan Trainer poop in the same room together. Well, do they the poop time. in the same room together? We don't know. They must. Why would you have a toilet if you weren't going to poop in the same only. room together? They really have a lot of pee. They're drink. They're like famous, so they're probably drinking like three gallons of water a day. So they probably have to live on the. They probably have to live on the bathroom in the. I think they're definitely pooping together. Mm, that's a there's whole no other way. conversation. There's, there's no way that they both that there hasn't been a situation where one of they're, they're, where they're both like let's just pee together and then one of them hasn't been surprised that it's actually a poop that they have to take. More than pee, it is so realistic to be able to hold your poop. It is so realistic. Not if you. If you're already peeing, you can't hold it. <laughs> what? If, you, if you're peeing and you have to hold your poop in, the same muscles for me control my pee that control my poop. <clears throat> Something I've learned recently. So if you have to pee... It, oh, sorry. What? I was just saying, if you have to pee really bad, you cannot pee and hold your poop in at the same time. Well... You have to do both. Something I heard recently via a TikTok is that people with penises, um, first of all, <laughs> when they poop, their penis goes inside of the toilet. Yeah. That's brand new information for me. <laughs> and I'm still reeling. I, like you, I guess I just always pictured like setting gently on the rim or like Ew. holding it like with the with the ball or like, like your like... legs would be close enough together that you would sort of create a nest <laughs> i don't know i would say my last guess how did you think that people with penises peed while sitting down wait do your last guess and then my well no my last guess was that the furthest thing from my mind was yeah your your penis goes in the bowl and then they said, if you're pooping, you're peeing. They just kept really reiterating that. If you're pooping, you're peeing. Um, yeah. It just was like kind of true, but so much differently. Like for if, me. You, if you have to poop, you don't have to also pee unless you also have to pee. Like you can poop and not pee. But if you have to pee, the pee is going to come out. Oh, they were just saying if you're pooping, you're peeing. So maybe it was specific to to these two people that were maybe they're just sort of like sort of like I don't know if you remember like five years ago maybe someone came out and they were like where do you store your poop knife you know the knife to cut up your poop if you can't flush and it was like a 50 50 split of like oh yeah we keep ours under the sink and 50 percent like what the fuck are you talking about what the fuck Hannah? yeah I have never heard of this poop knife before in my life. This was exactly my a experience with the penis in the toilet. People, I guess, have a poop, poop knives. Knife. I guess it's more People towards like poop houses with adolescents going through puberty and their their poop is like difficult. <laughs> I don't know. One time I was at a friend's house with an, a third friend. There's me, there's the host, me, and other friend. Other friend went to the bathroom pooped in it, clogged the toilet. The host went to the bathroom, stuck his hand in the poop, and fished it out and put it in a in a mm -hmm. like Kroger plastic grocery store bag yeah. to throw away. I mean, you've heard of the girl who 
was on a first date and pooped at her date's house yes. and she had to like take a plastic bag and put it in her purse. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So good. So good. Um, um but, but I don't want to be like poop shamey because like well as somebody who uses their pooper for sex, I've had like intimate experiences. Okay, that's with fair. All over the place. I've Anytime. never I've never considered that either. It's part of the preparation for it. It's sure. part of the experience of it. It's part of the cleanup afterward. Um, and it's just like, it's whatever. Wow. But I wonder what my perspective would be if I were more familiar with anal sex. Yeah. Which is kind of why I feel like it's okay to poop in the same room as your partner. Because like my partner <sighs> yeah. and I have an intimate relationship with my bottle. Shout out to my partner. <laughs> I, this is just like truly, this is a, a second penis in the toilet moment for me. <laughs> Where it makes sense. Like, I can't argue with any of the facts being thrown my way. At Notre Dame, my freshman year, we were all in the, um, we were all in the North Dining Hall, which was across the quad from the dorm that I was in, me and all of my other dorm mates. And one person brought up that like they really don't like the toilets in our dorm because the water's so high that when you sit down your testicles touch the water and then another person looked across and said what do you mean your testicles touch the water don't you mean your penis touches the water and then everybody shut the fuck up like we all were silent for at least like 45 seconds and then somebody changed the topic because nobody wanted to like address the fact that what we were facing is a difference in anatomy and that some of the implication in that would be like if you pl- if you showed your cards you would be implying that you might have a smaller dick than somebody else at the table or that you might have saggier balls than somebody else at the table so we all just said nothing i think i think about that twice a month because it was so funny that's hilarious that's like yeah. something you write <laughs> that doesn't just happen. Oh. Yeah. Um, wait, so when you say like in the, in the bowl, I, I want to like check in. Because mm. do you think that it's like in the bowl, but it's also not like deep oh, in the bowl. Okay. It's not like I'm yeah. dipping So it. in the bowl... Yeah, it, again, it was just something I hadn't considered, like, being in in the bowl in any way. Mm. But the way, and again, maybe it's just these two people have a similar experience. But they were, like, implying that their penis rested against the porcelain. No, shouldn't happen. Because you, then all I could think that's is... not clean. Most people... Most people regardless of anatomy don't clean their toilet every day and to me that's a uti waiting to happen Mm -hmm. and and then also me just like picturing these people taking a shit like leaning forward i i just had really created a story the other story that i have that's adjacent to this one um so it shouldn't be touching that but if you have a huge erection while you're peeing, it sometimes is hard. (laughs) 
like I used to wake up in my teenage years with like the, the severe need to pee and also a big erection. Mm-hmm. And you cannot get rid of an erection if you have to pee. It, like it won't happen. You, like if you have to pee and you have an erection, you're going to have to pee with that erection. In my experience, at least as like a teenager, um, like there's, there's no solution that like, because like the, the muscles you're using to hold the pee in are also like the ones that are giving you the erection as a teenager. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably not so true as an adult because I haven't had a specific experience in a while, but my penis like curves up a little mm-hmm. bit. So then to like pee in a toilet. You have to like really like kind of almost like stand upside down. Yeah. And like angle. It's really a nightmare. And it's really, really hard in that circumstance to keep it from touching the bowl. I will say there's a lot of the time I um am sort of furious that I don't have a penis. Um, for mm. camping, living in the city, like festivals lines that sort of thing but then it's sort of times like this where i'm like oh phew really big really big weight off my shoulders here um yeah so god god bless for you having to do that yeah i guess my prayer is for people with penises um good luck out there use it wisely Mm, please for the love of god use it wisely and kindly kindly have a humble penis please um and then my real prayer of the week not that this is not real now because it it really is coming from such a special place in my heart um, but Kim Kardashian is hosting Saturday Night Live tonight, and I just want to give her <laughs> all of uh, the good vibes I can. Oh, wow. um, I personally can't wait to watch it. Um, I'm definitely going to watch that. That's so fun. We're having a viewing party tomorrow. I can't I can't wait. I'm <laughs> staying off of social media until tomorrow night at 8 p.m. <laughs> nice. Oh, my throat made a noise. I don't think I've ever seen more than like eight consecutive seconds of footage of Kim Kardashian. During the pandemic, I rewatched the entire Keeping Up with the Kardashians series. My Mm -hmm. God. How much of your life was that? Not much. Um, The earlier seasons go by very quickly. I feel like the episodes are shorter and there are fewer episodes in the series. And then the middle seasons are better. Like there's more going on. and the episodes are longer and there's more in a series, but then they sort of get like sort of devil may care. And some seasons have like four episodes and some seasons have 20 episodes and sort of in a Sunday mornings way. Um, Mm -hmm. I still haven't watched the most recent season. Um, But yeah, I don't regret it. I feel like I learned a lot. I informed my my character. Mm-hmm. I've been watching Screen Queens, and I forget that Ryan Murphy is. I don't understand how like the universes of individuals like Ryan Murphy mm-hmm. work because it to me seems like there's probably different writers involved frequently, mm-hmm. but they all have the same issue, which is that like 
they front load the season. It's like good writing for the first three episodes, and then it's shit. It feels like they fire everybody. They go down to a skeleton crew. There's like nobody left to figure out what the plot for the rest of the season is. So something about TV and TV writing is that in order for something to get picked up, you have to have... I may be getting this wrong now. Now that I'm about to say it out loud, I think. I believe that you have to have three episodes ready. Hmm. And then you hit the writer's room and do the next like chunk. The same thing goes with like if your season, like if your full season gets picked up, I think you have to have at the very least like a skeleton for seasons two and three ready at the moment. Um, So that would make sense that they like really put all of their effort in and then the season got picked up and then they're like, well, why don't they carry it through? I know. I mean, I guess I understand. Because, like, Ryan Murphy, my hunch has always been, like, Ryan Murphy got his start as, like, a tabloid journalist. Mm-hmm. And tabloid journalism is all about getting people to pick it mm-hmm. up. Like, catchy headlines, shitty writing. Mm-hmm. You Maybe, like, a good first paragraph and then, like, 20 more pages of nonsense that you can just sprinkle some, like, advertisements in around. Mm-hmm. So my thought has always been that's the same approach he has to his mm-hmm. creative projects as you, like make something good and then you do what you can to like stretch it out and get as much money out, like milk it for yeah. as much money as possible. I think that's absolutely what he did. 100%. That's interesting that you have to have three episodes written before it gets picked yeah. up. Is that still true for like Ryan Murphy? Well, I was just recently told this. I'm not sure a hundred percent if that's true, but I feel like two different people told me that this week. Hmm. Um, Cause we were talking about squid game. Um, uh, yeah. Did you watch it? I watched the first episode. Same, and then I quit because mm-hmm. it was awful. awful. So violent. I love gore. I love horror. But there was I. I had. I mean, I still wouldn't handle it well watching it tonight for the first time. But like, I'm just gonna go ahead and say that I'm fine spoiling any and all of this. Um. I spent the whole day sort of reading about the government financial crisis and that sort of thing. And then seeing something like this that is just like too probable at the moment hit too hard. Mm -hmm. Um, And then just like when they start killing people, I feel like the first episode was like two hours. And I feel like the game was at least 30 minutes. It was just indulgent. It was like, we're going to sit here and watch murder Mm -hmm. over and over and over Mm -hmm. in a way that, like, digs at everybody. Like, who who today is not feeling like they will never get over the, like, burdens of their debt or of their, like, financial limitations? Like, so few people. Mm -hmm. And to have a show that's just, like, the wealthy could murder you for it. Yeah. And then, then as like if that hasn't already crossed my mind. As yeah. if. As if it's also kind of like not happening. Like it's yeah. It's not so overt, but like the wealthy are absolutely just shoving people back into factories during COVID. They're absolutely just like creating financial situations that people can't get out of and that they have to put their loved ones at risk. Like for that storyline to be set up in a way that like 
lingers and sits itself down in the muck of like staring at the deaths of the people who are put in this situation mm-hmm. like i agree with the storyline as like an interesting thing and an important thing to explore mm-hmm. in a way that like protects the like mentalities of the people that watches it and i did not feel like that show was like protective of the mentalities of the mm-hmm. people watching it agreed yeah it was it was a lot I mean, a, a conversation that my friends and i have often is like work we are working on like being people who can separate ourselves from our like financial wellness and our like want for um a lot of money like it's hard to get that out of you when you know i've had 26 and a half years where i've like felt like it's fine um mm-hmm. yeah um, and then we also talk about like what would we do to be out of debt, and mm-hmm. that's how the show starts. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. would you let someone slap you ten times? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes. So easily, I would g- give up a finger or two if I had to, if I knew that the rest of my right. life would be without debt and that I could like raise a child. Yeah, I would give my finger for ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Right now, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would only do it once. Like I, I could give, I could give up one pinky. I would want to choose the finger, mm-hmm. but for ten thousand dollars, sure, mm-hmm. that would change my life. Right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, yeah, just hit a little too close to home. Um, really, yeah. I just also like in. Yes, I do love horror and gore, but I have a really hard time with dystopian storylines. I like. Mm. I can, which I mean, I know it's the point, but I, I just like really take it too personally. Anyway. Will is very into Big Brother, mm-hmm. and I feel kind of similarly about Big Brother mm-hmm. sometimes, where it's like, the, the show makes enough money that they could pay all of these individuals a lot of money to be on their show, but they're choosing not to because it's like more interesting to watch them rip each other apart for the big lump sum at the end. Mm-hmm. And it just makes me feel gross. Yeah. Like, it's another situation of, like, how poorly would you treat other people for a big lump of sum? Mm-hmm. Big lump sum of money. And it is really cool when, like, people are nice to each other and they do build, like, mm-hmm. like, like, I am supportive of the people who don't delve into the, like, toxicity of it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times people are just like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'd be cruel and mean to these people. Sure, I'll be sexist. Yeah, I'll be racist. I'm going to be homophobic today. For the chance at half a million dollars? Absolutely. Half a million dollars? On public television? Yeah. And before this year, Big Brother was giving away $500,000 to the winner of the season. This year, they upped it to $750,000 to the winner. You're telling me that I don't have dental? I don't have optical insurance? I had to pay $250 out of pocket to be able to see this year. $750,000. Isn't <laughs> that is the most unreal? I mean, I guess like uh-huh. who wants to be a millionaire exists, but that high of a prize is, is like so unheard mm-hmm. of to me. Wow. Because Poverty is a game that we have to play because of the rich. 
<laughs> so anyway, yeah, Kim Kardashian's hosting <laughs> Saturday Night Live. Ah! <laughs> Elon Musk, Kim Kardashian, all the big comedians these days, you know? <laughs> so it makes my dream more attainable. Yeah, totally. Your dream of being on Of hosting SNL, SNL once. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Well, wow, we really covered a lot of ground today. <laughs> yeah, we did. Um, this was a bright and positive ending to our <laughs> cheery um, post-religious queer... That's what I've been putting on the tags, is that we are a post-religious queer comedy podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, let me know if you have thoughts or a different Give us your hashtag ideas. Um, were you talking to me specifically or sort of the general, the royal... Oh, I was talking to you specifically. Okay. I thought we'd just will. do a little business before we log yeah, off. Yeah, just some business before we log off. Um, I'll let you know, but that sounds awesome to me. I don't know hashtags. It seems like for like very young people and also the generation ahead of us, but not for us. It seems like not for us. Is anybody finding a podcast through hashtags on Instagram? Probably not, but I don't know. Maybe if they're really captivated Maybe. by one of our posts. We'll really get them in. Bring them in. Bring them in. Bring them in. Anyway, like, follow, subscribe. Um, follow us on Instagram. Like and share our yes. posts. Go out of your way to promote our, our podcast to your friends. Take, ta- family, take a day off of work to finally fucking promote us, please. Yeah. It's your fault. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Ah! <laughs> No, please. No, it's like it was like so joshing back there. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we'll see you all next time. Yeah. Salutations. And a good day to you, sir. Mm